Hey, everybody. It's Anna Charlie Kirk Show. MTG joins us. Are members of Congress currently being blackmailed? Tyler Boyer then continues. We have an in-depth conversation about the RNC. Who's going to replace Rana? Is Rana actually going to step down? That is the open question. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Subscribe to our podcast and get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. That's freedom at charliekirk.com. And get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show, a company that specializes in gold IRAs, and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. You know that we were one vote away from impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas, who's a traitor to the United States? But there were three Republicans, Tom McClintock, Ken Buck, and Mike Gallagher, He said, no, we don't want to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. We're going to put the numbers up there on screen. Makes you wonder, are these people compromised? Ken Buck especially. What has Ken Buck done in his life? Is somebody holding blackmail over him? Now, you might say, Charlie, that's an exaggeration. There's no evidence of that. Hold on. Remember when the smooth-talking Southerner, I forget his name, from Tennessee, the, the guy who said that he got punched in the kidneys, said that there are people that walk the floors and whisper in your ears, don't vote for this or else the naked pictures that we have with you with the underage girls are going to be leaked. Those are his words, not ours. It makes you wonder if Ken Buck, Mike Gallagher, and Tom McClintock are compromised. What do they have on these people? Joining us now is Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie's doing a great job, Congresswoman Green. So first of all, kudos to you. You brought this to the floor. Speaker Johnson did a great job putting it there. I've been texting Speaker Johnson a lot, encouraging it. And I'm seeing some I'm seeing some improvement. We're seeing some good movement there. But Congresswoman Green, what's going on with Mike Gallagher, Tom McClintock and Ken Buck? Why did they vote against impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas? Well, I certainly can't understand it myself. It absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. Um, Ken Buck is retiring. Uh, He's not running for reelection. So we can only only expect that he's working on his next job. And I don't know what that's going to be. A lot of people say he's trying to get a job working for CNN like Adam Kinzinger. And if that's the case, if he's looking for a contract like that, well, we we can understand why he basically protected Secretary Mayorkas, um, did the work of the Democrats and prevented impeachment from happening. Unfortunately, we can't primary Ken Buck uh, since he's retiring. Tom McClintock, I certainly cannot understand, calls himself a constitutionalist, serves on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, he has been against impeachment basically altogether. Uh, but here's the whole thing, Charlie. If you're a constitutionalist, if you're someone that cares about the Constitution, 
then you should be willing to use the Constitution. And impeachment is a tool in the in the Constitution that the founders gave us, and we should be using it against Secretary Mayorkas and against a whole lot more people, Joe Biden, Matthew Graves, and others. But uh, Tom McClintock is unwilling to use the powerful tool that the founders gave us in the Constitution, even though Secretary Mayorkas has provenly um, broken federal immigration laws and violated his oath of office. The third one, Mike Gallagher, is hard to understand. He serves as chairman of the CCP Select Committee, uh, and he also comes from a military background and an intelligence background in the military. So of all people... Mike Gallagher should know more than anyone the dangers uh, and the type of people coming across our border, and he should have a full understanding of why impeaching Secretary Mayorkas is the most important thing that we should have accomplished last night on the House floor and have the opportunity to do so if he had not voted no. Um, I can't understand why he made that vote, uh, but he did, and then he put out a big op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today making his case against impeachment, which doesn't help our conference at all, doesn't help the American people. As a matter of fact, it, it hurts the American people. Um, so I, I honestly can't understand it, Charlie, and I'm, I'm sure that they're hearing from their constituents. I'm sure many of your listeners uh, want to let them know what they really what they really think, that how they should have voted last night. So there's a Wall Street Journal piece, uh, I think, by Mike Gallagher. Yeah. Why voted against the Mayorkas impeachment? Ousting a cabinet secretary for maladministration would have opened Pandora's box. The real problem is Biden. Mike Gallagher needs to be primaried. I will personally make sure that Mike Gallagher has no political future. Mike Gallagher has just destroyed his political future. Let me make this very clear. We are going to turn Mike Gallagher into the new Lankford. This is completely unacceptable. Mike Gallagher is the moral equivalent of Adam Kinzinger. This is a repulsive piece. I'm reading this in the Wall Street Journal. President Biden created a disaster. Hold on. Biden's not in charge. Mayorkas is running show on this. Gallagher, you are covering for an entire illegitimate regime. Gallagher, you are now a co-sponsor of what's happening. Marjorie, do you think these people are being blackmailed by the intel agencies? They might have had relations with certain people and pictures and compromised. Do you think that they're currently being blackmailed? You know, I, I have no proof of that, but I, I, again, I can't understand the vote, so Nothing surprises me in Washington, D.C. anymore, Charlie. Literally nothing surprises me um, because it doesn't make sense to anyone, right? Why would anyone vote no? Why would anyone protect Mayorkas unless they're being bribed, unless there's something going on, unless they're making a deal? Uh, you know, because you can't understand it. It makes no sense. And it's completely wrong, uh to vote no on impeachment. We have another opportunity, though. I do want to let everyone know we are voting on impeachment. The plan is to vote for it on Tuesday of next week. Um, that, that's why Blake Moore had to switch his vote from a yes to no so that we could make the motion to recommit. Blake Moore is completely for impeachment, just to make sure everyone knows that. But that was a procedural move so we can bring the articles of impeachment back up to vote next week. That's going to happen on Tuesday. We have to make sure that every single one of our members are able to come back in town. Um, and we really are hoping and praying that Steve Scalise is able to come back next week. Um, he's been out, uh, you know, with a cancer treatment. And we're hearing good things. We're hearing as well. And we're hearing he can come back next week. So yeah, if don't the vote give up counts, on this. 
No, we are not giving up. Absolutely not giving up. If the vote count stays the same and Steve Scalise comes back in town, we will impeach Alejandro Mayorkas on Tuesday. Well, and Mike Gallagher just ended his political career. We're going to figure out a way to get rid of him. Might not be this cycle. He's done. He's on the list. And by the way, we follow through. When we when we isolate you, your political career is over. Just ask Congresswoman Liz Cheney. Oh, wait, she's a cable news contributor now. That's right. Help me understand this. Uh, Mayorkas received a letter from Gallagher about textile imports. I'm super confused. Was this a quid pro quo? Did Gallagher sell out the people of Wisconsin for some sort of special insider deal about importing clothes? I saw that going around, and and I asked a question about that today to clarify. That's already illegal. So that had to do with the Uyghurs in China. And we, it's already um, against the law to import uh, products made in China by slave labor. So that should not be happening. And if Mayorkas was allowing imports to come into our country that were made by slave labor, there's another reason to impeach Mayorkas. So as, uh, for Mike Gallagher as chairman of the CCP Select Committee, if he was having to ask Mayorkas to stop these products, from coming into America made by slave labor, well, then Mike Gallagher should have even had a bigger reason to impeach Mayorkas. So that's something I'm still trying to get some information on, but I saw that same thing uh, going on on X last night, and uh, I'll see what I can find out for you. Yeah, so I'm reading here in the Wall Street Journal, Gallagher writes this piece about why he didn't vote for the impeachment of Mayorkas, and it's just it's just babble. It's just double speak. It makes no sense at all. So hopefully we can get this vote, MTG. We're behind you 100%. Keep the pressure on. Our audience is so supportive of this. This would be a real win. It would put it would put the the pressure on the Senate. How can our audience be most helpful here? Well, I, I really appreciate it, Charlie. And the, the biggest help that we need right now is for everyone to call your rep and let them know that impeaching Mayorkas is an absolute must happen. We can't let it go. And that's the only way we can kill the Senate, uh, the Senate border surrender bill that they are trying to keep on life support. And we need a win. We need to hold someone accountable in the Biden administration. The border is number one top priority, and this is the way to get it done. And we have to keep, keep the pressure on. Never let it off. Um, so I really thank everyone uh, for making calls and, and sending messages. That's the biggest help that we can have. And we will I will I promise you I won't give up. We'll do everything we can to get it done next week. And for all the great people up in northern Wisconsin, Green Bay area, we're going to mobilize all of you and we will remove Mike Gallagher eventually. Thank you, MTG. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Hey, everyone. Charlie Kirk here. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they are the only one. Glenn and the team have been great supporters of this program, which is why I'm so proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious liberty, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, our military veterans, and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. So keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash charlie or call 972-PATRIOT. 
Get free activation when you use offer code CHARLIE. Join me and make the switch today. That is patriotmobile.com slash CHARLIE. That is patriotmobile.com slash CHARLIE or call 972-PATRIOT. Join me and make the switch today. That is patriotmobile.com slash CHARLIE and free activation using offer code CHARLIE. Tyler Boyer is here to walk through all things RNC. Do we have the Tim Burchette clip? If not, we'll play that later. Um, it's all right. All right, Tyler, so it looks like we're getting a new RNC chair. Yeah, this has been in the works, I think, for some time. So I think that a lot of people realize this was a mistake that, you know, I think the the the, the major point to to focus on right now at this exact moment is that everything that everyone was saying over a year ago was right. That the grassroots was completely disconnected from the Republican Party. That the donors, large and small, were abandoning the Republican Party, right? And the arguments that everyone had made for keeping Rana in place with the with the current RNC membership were wrong. And uh, I'm glad that there's some embracing and acknowledgement of that. Yes. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of intricacies here. Some people see this as a big change. There's actually not a lot of changes that are happening. Yeah, so let's let's kind of cut through it. First, Tyler, I want I want to kind of just give you credit and praise here. You're on the 168. How yeah. long have you been? You're up for election soon, right? Yeah, and I, honestly, any person I, I, that I wants to run for fine. the RNC um, is a crazy person. I don't want to run. Well, I'm not going to let. See, I'm not going to let you leave. Well, I, I, I was a big promoter. I you're not like, a state committeeman, so you're not. You're not going to have the, the vote. I, I got enough stress. <laughs> but no, I was a it, big promoter and we got you yeah. through the whole thing without a runoff. And we'll tell that story later. But it's it's yeah. a fun story. And so but you when you first got on the committee, you know, you, you would text me at these. Charlie, this is worse than you could ever imagine. Yeah. There, was there's no grass. Horrifying. That, yeah. It's horrifying still. I mean, and, every meeting I go to, it's more horrifying. And, and they don't have a plan and they have contempt for their voters. They have contempt for this whole Real America's Voice audience, by the way, the everyday the plumbers, electricians, the welders. There's no right? other way to look at it. And so you started to build relationships in the committee and you realized that there were more people that saw the world the way you did than the committee would ever acknowledge. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that uh, most people that would consider themselves conservative, uh, Charlie, they just they were ignored for so long. They're put into a box. And, and that, is, that has actually – we're in a different era. This is maybe the first era ever in the Republican National Committee where there's conservatives that are outside of that box. Yeah. Where they actually have a voice. Um, there's some unity there. And that's really scary to the establishment. That's really scary to the people, the powers that be. One thing I will give our show credit for is we've dedicated a lot of time talking about the committee. Yep. Whereas before this was not this was not ever platformed in a long form way. Yeah. That, is that is that a fair no, huge credit to you know what you've do, you've done. You stand you stood in the pocket on something that's not. I mean, there's no you don't really gain anything from telling people the truth on on these matters, right? And that's why they've been ignored for so long. Yeah, even people that were somewhat aware um, that have been in the media space for some time. You know, Rush was there forever. Uh, many Fox hosts. It's just wading into these things are tricky and they're highly political. Yes. And you're talking about some of the most powerful political people in the Republican Party in every state. Yes. And so, I mean, I'm telling you, it, there's nothing that's more gratifying than to see the grassroots support the good guys who go in and fight those battles. Yeah, that's right. Because in years past, it's been you know, just a handful of people. Now we have like 
almost half of the committee is there. Yeah, Morton must be thrilled, by the way. Morton Blackwell. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I rode a train with him this week uh, I love on my way guy. back. He's been he's been like holding down the conservative remnant for he years. He was like the only guy in some of those years. He's he, like, he really was. He was like the OG <laughs> like rabble rouser, right? Yeah, and, and it's funny. I asked him about that when we were on the train, and he said, you know, a lot of people come and go. And I'm like, well, Morton, like we're going to hopefully – yeah, memorialize this and keep it here to no, stay. He deserves a lot of credit. I, lo- I love Morton to death. Yeah. And he's always been like a super conservative voice as like on the grassroots side. Totally on the side of the Yeah, and side. just so everyone understands, it's like a country club. And it's not there yet. But Tyler, if my math is right, we're getting close to almost a majority of the RNC that is in touch with the grassroots. Are we close? Yeah, and, and this is important for everyone at home to understand. There is... Two-thirds of the elections for the RNC membership happen over the course of the next three months. So literally two-thirds of the entire RNC could be turned over. That's the clear majority of the RNC. And the most important vote that the RNC members have is to ultimately elect leadership. So now you have this, this conversation about Rana stepping down. It's up to the RNC membership. Obviously, President Trump's opinion weighs heavily on, on certain people. Uh, but it's tricky. It's different. You have 168 members. There's a lot of people on that committee that hate President Trump, that dislike President Trump, that aren't yes. big Trump fans. Yeah. But there's a lot of people on that committee as well that love President Trump. Totally. And I just, you know, there's a lot of people on social media taking credit that, that we're not interested in any of that. Yeah. But you know who deserves praise? You guys, the audience. You guys gave business to the RNC when they call you for money. You're like, no, actually, you guys aren't delivering results. That's who made it happen. You guys made it happen. You kept the pressure on. You guys demanded better. And hopefully you'll get better because we're not there yet. And we need to talk about that. Yep. You might have to be moving boxes or just it's tough, a lot of stress. And that means inflammation increases. And that means pain also might increase alongside of it. Relief Factor, though, is here to help. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight back against pain. It's 100% drug free. And Relief Factor was developed by doctors searching for a better alternative for pain. Relief Factor uses a unique and proven formula of natural ingredients like turmeric and many others to help you get out of pain, to reduce or eliminate the everyday aches and pains you're experiencing. So whether it's neck, back, joint, or muscle pain, Relief Factor can help you feel better. Unlike pills that simply mask your pain for a short time, Relief Factor helps support your body's natural response to inflammation. So you feel better all day, every day. Over 1 million people have tried Relief Factor Quick Start, and nearly 70% of people go on to order it again. Relief Factor isn't simply about feeling better, it's about living better, living the life you want, doing the activities you love. So see how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week quick start, feel back, or your money-back guarantee. So check it out right now, relieffactor.com, or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. Slay that inflammation, go to relieffactor.com. It's a great development, everybody. We'll continue with Tyler Boy in a second here, but the party's changing. The grassroots are gaining voice. One of the reasons they're gaining voice is shows like this, podcasting, social media, that the old way of doing business, they used to be able to just hide behind a collection of radio programs, a collection of newspaper outlets, a collection of op-eds, and a collection of TV channels. And the grassroots didn't have an ev- a vector to voice their opinion. And it was just kind of like, oh, you're in the grassroots, like whatever. Because of digital social media and our embracing of digital social media, and by our, I mean us collectively, we can make the RNC a grassroots party again. 
Tyler Boyer continues. So Tyler, a year ago, you know, real quick on Patreon yeah. Mobile, uh-huh. all the networks, I think that this is going to be the new social media thing this year. All the major mobile networks, I think, are going to shut down conservatives yeah, and I texting agree. and getting out the vote. Oh, that's interesting. Patriot Mobile, if you sign on Patriot Mobile, you know that's never going to happen to you. So conservatives so are interesting. think that's going to be the new parlor? Getting out the vote. If you try to do it on AT&T, T-Mobile, yeah. we're already seeing this already happening where they're shutting down conservatives just like they were shutting down their bank accounts, just like they were shutting down their social media. Patreon Mobile won't do that to you. We, we so that's some, a reason why. We should why. have some preemptive house hearings on this. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna text Speaker Johnson. And conser- yeah. conservatives should switch over to Patriot Mobile now to begin their activism for 2024. That's that's I, that, a number one reason to switch to Patriot I, Mobile. I'm going to talk to Speaker Johnson. We need to bring – we need to subpoena all the heads, the telecom companies – and get them on the record that they're not going to interfere. So can you just elaborate on that? So let's say that we have 100,000 voters that we want to try to get them out to the polls. So, so Theoretically, the, the telecom companies could say you can't do that. So historically, uh, when you've got, gone out the vote by text message, like just even your friends, the telecom companies will shut you down after like 1,000 or 2,000 messages to, to avoid spam. Like pretty normal stuff. Like, And most people don't send 1,000 text messages in one sitting in one day. Uh, now we're seeing, and this is reports that are coming out of uh, places in Utah. Uh, we just had this happen in Delaware and other places where we're, we're seeing T-Mobile and AT&T shutting down people after as few as 50 text messages. Uh, and, and then they're locked out of their, their account. They can't send text messages. They're done. They're toast. And so this is, this is get out the vote that uh, this is the, the warning flag right now. If you're planning on helping get out the vote and text even this more a than huge, a few dozen a people, and, and, and I, I have a feeling that's happening to people that are conservative. They know you're conservative by the apps you download on your phone. They know you're conservative by that's the phone so, calls you make. That's so true. So it's not – Or it's even not, geographically. They can even geographically. You. It's like we saw what happened with the vote center shutting down in Arizona. I mean this is, this is a very real attack that, that we have to be prepared for this year. If you switch to Patriot Mobile now, you're not going to have those problems. That's great. PatriotMobile.com slash Charlie. And I'm going to get on Speaker Johnson. Uh, Speaker Johnson, he's he's trying to do better. I was rather spicy to him a couple weeks ago. It's his great credit. He gave me a call, and we're giving him another chance. So PatriotMobile.com slash Charlie. So the grassroots are gaining voice. Yep. Can you just talk about this more broadly? This is a development that D.C. doesn't like. They think it's going to go away. They don't realize that the grassroots now all have this super weapon called a phone in their right-hand pocket, yep. access to social media, yep. the ability to hold members accountable. 20 years ago, they didn't really have this. Yep. 20 years ago, it was just it was very disconnected, maybe a meeting a year. But the game has changed, and the utilization of digital social media influencer-type methodology it's improved our our chances to have a better party. Yeah, I mean, just the the speed. The RNC is taking advantage of the the lack of communication and the speed of communication being very slow between the grassroots. Totally true. So it takes years to ultimately take over an RNC position, right? It, you have to become a super activist, a county chair, you know, state party chair, you know, be, and that takes years of development. So it's no surprise that you know, in we're in that period following Trump getting elected in 2016 now where people have become more aware and more involved and all of that. And now there's conflict because again, a majority of people who are involved at the grassroots level and your County parties, the precinct level are now, you know, very much pro Trump. We're seeing this in, in in things. They're very much pro America first. They're wanting to fight. And this is, this is what I call the tea party on steroids. The tea party back in 2010 
just didn't know any of this stuff, right? It had no idea about the party apparatus, how to take it over, all that stuff. And, and many great conservatives learned, but they aged out. So a lot of those Tea Party, yeah, that's totally true. Jim Dement would be an example. Yeah, they they were they were boomers, and so now at, at this point they're like past the point of retirement, right? And so now you have all these younger people, middle aged people, have come in through MAGA and through the Trump era, yes. and and they're learning things much more quickly than the Tea Party did in 2010. Yeah, an example is the Tea Party had all this power, and it was largely taken advantage of by John Boehner and Paul Ryan totally. and Eric Cantor and all these and the part of the RNC, the the apparatus. Yeah, and don't forget yeah. that the Uniparty was authorizing the Obama Treasury Department to audit the Tea Party. Yep. The Tea Party was an existential threat to the Uniparty. Donald Trump, in some ways, kept the kept the aura of the Tea Party alive. Totally. He saw the power of it. He spoke at a lot of Tea Party rallies. Yep. And now MAGA is bigger than MAGA. This is now something that they're never going to be able to control. It is a permanent sea change. Yeah. And and this is so that kind of brings us to where we are today, where it's like people are are more acutely aware of of who's who and what's what, what they believe yes. because of social media, because of, of speed of communication, uh, because of, of technology. As you mentioned, and so now it's our job to ensure that they're they're correctly represented. And in many states, people are becoming aware now, largely because of this program and and some others. You know, Steve has been great, and a few others, and making people aware. Oh, Bannon's been a pioneer here. Yeah, and 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 really, this is a teamwork effort, right? So you look at all the conservative media that's now. Nobody's on the side of the establishment. There and if are no they are, of- the only people that are. Sorry to interrupt. They have built-in cable box time. Yeah. Where they just, it's just kind of white noise. Yeah. It, Meaning they don't have to earn their audience. Yeah. The only people that I, I see that are defending the status quo and the establishment are people who are paid to do that. They're, that's right. And, and that's where it's like, you got to pick your battles here. But the battle that we have to have right now is it's not okay to allow more election losses because we have a much more competent grassroots than we've ever had. We have people who are fighters and willing to fight. We have really talented people who deserve to be in those roles because the vast majority of the conservative movement supports those people. And so just standing by and allowing the status quo to continue to exist because, oh, that's, that's like a, that's like a, not, not a fight worth taking. That, that's just not true. We have to have a party that's representative of our base. Uh, the left has figured this out many, many years ago. If you have a party that's, that, that it represents your base, then you have fewer battles and you win more. Yes. So, so I want to, I want to go to this tweet here. Again, I'm not caught up. I, I, people think I'm like on the inside of this stuff. I, I, Tyler tells me what to do. So I want your, your tweet here. It looks like a fight is breaking out for chair conservatives lobbying for Drew McKissick take over interim chair instead of Rana's pick, Michael Watley. Just who are these people? What are the top picks? What's going on here? I, I'm a, I'm a bystander. So, so really briefly, cause we're limited on time, but, uh, Last election for RNC leadership, which was last January, Ron ran. Most people were focused on that. But you had the co-chair election, the treasurer's election, and the secretary's election. There was basically no – not not a huge battle over secretary. And you, you everybody knows the chair election. But the co-chair and the treasurer's election were really interesting because uh, Drew McKissick ran against two other guys who are considered more establishment uh, and, and Michael Watley. Who was the pick of Rana, who's been known as like Rana's guy. She's, she's told everyone that. That's not something that we've told. She told everybody like the, the pick is Michael Wally. And so Trump ended up endorsing Michael Wally, but mostly for North Carolina chair for co-chair. Yeah. Not, for, oh, okay. Yeah, the North Carolina chair as co-chair. And he ended up losing. Uh, he didn't just lose. He lost. He came in third place. 
He didn't, he didn't even come in second place. He came in third place in that in that round. He dropped out. Uh, clearly didn't have the votes because most of the conservatives opted for you know the better option, which was Drew McKissick at the time. And again, I know there's a lot of conservatives who are, are in South Carolina not fans of Drew McKissick, so I just want to put that out there. But I'm framing what happened. So Trump also endorsed at the time uh, the treasurer candidate, Joe Gruters, who's the former chair of Florida. He lost to the conservative back Casey Crosby from Kentucky who had ran Paul support and everything else who was supported by conservatives. So this was mainly because in the body, the conservatives had already picked a different candidate. And then when Trump endorsed, I think all the people that disliked Trump actually ended up supporting those candidates as well. Uh, really complex, but that body hasn't changed, right? So it's still the same body. It's still the same people until these elections occur. These elections will occur over the next two to three months, but they don't take seats until after the convention. So, so look, just to distill it, it's gonna. So, if Rana steps down in a couple of weeks, which yeah. is what she said, what is the process then of getting a new chair? Well, it's an election, right? But, but everybody's but looking person? at Trump. Yeah, it has to be. I think it has to be in person. Well, I don't so think they can do then, it digitally. Then does the co-chair become chair? So the co-chair is interim chair. Who is the current chair? Who is that? Drew McKissick okay. from South Carolina. Which, so he would become interim chair. So he's the interim chair until we have an election. And that will be in the spring meeting, which is when? April, most likely. We don't even know where it's at yet. Um, most likely April. But you know there could be a different plan that starts to formulate. But again, this is where the battle exists because now people are saying, okay, well – you know, it's not good enough to have somebody that's just going to be like the equal to Rana taking over as Rana, for Rana. Now, I'll say this: both Michael and Drew, I think, are are better than where we're at currently. But I think it's really important, and a couple other people have said this: if we have a really strong grassroots co-chair, that would go a long way to ensuring that conservatives have, conservatives yeah. have a seat at the table. So, I, so here's the other trick is according to RNC bylaws, if you have a male chair, you need a female co-chair. Yeah. And I put and that vi- out or and vice I, versa. I put that out. I thought more people were aware of this now. They thought you were some sort of woke guy, but they thought I was like saying that like, I want a female chair. No, if you have a male chair, you have to have a female co-chair. If you have a female chair, you have to have vice a male versa. co-chair. That, that's in the bylaws. So, so if, if Michael Watley has the votes with the current RNC delegation, which supported Rana, and remember, these these are all the same people, right? So if Michael has those votes, which he probably does, you know, he probably does. I'm just going to be, I'm just cutting it straight. He probably does. That means Drew McKissick, who's the current co-chair, can't be co-chair. A female has to be co-chair. So my suggestion is, is if, if that's the case and it's baked in and it's whatever, you know, I think that we can work with people. I I hope we can. I hope changes can come that are necessary and he's willing to listen to those things where I don't think Rana was. But you need a female coach here that's a solid conservative, and we've we've come up with some options for that. Okay, so Tyler, the do you, do you think that the cake is baked on Watley? Is that is that what you're saying? I'm saying if it is, then you have to have a female coach here. And okay. if that's the case, right? What we don't want to see happen, I think it would. Who be are a, some of the candidates for female coach? Well, so yeah, you know, there's been lots of words. So it, I, I'll, I'll, let me preface it by saying this: you want a conservative coach here if that's the case, right? That's what you want. Have to. You know, there's been some floating going around, around saying certain names are being considered. You know, Jessica Patterson, who's the current California GOP chair. Would she be a grassroots pick? No. No. So Jessica's been known to be, you know, in, in the California GOP is probably the opposite side of that. I, I've always gone. I'm, I have nothing. No, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to nothing inform. negative to say about I'm, Jessica. I'm, She's I'm, always I'm been very pleasant. I'm learning alongside of the audience here. She's always so. been very pleasant. Sure. But, uh, 
I think the grassroots in California will hit your email box right now, freedom at charliekirk.com, and tell you what how they feel. Well, they've been hitting me on some of these other names. I, I just huge no to Drew, huge no to Watley. I mean, people are yeah, fired up. Yeah. P- I mean, I'm, I'm just learning Jessica. So of- if Jessica is paired with Drew or Michael, I think that would be extraordinarily bad because the grassroots would go, this is maybe worse than Rana. Now, my suggestion is if it's baked in, have an ultra – Ultra, ultra, America first, strong Trump supporting co-chair. And you've got a couple of really great options. You've got Isn't there this Delaware gal? Julianne Murray, who's the chair of Delaware, who stuck it to Hunter Biden. She won in court. She's the reason why like there's this like epicenter focus on, on Hunter Biden. She's incredible. Conservative. She beat the lady that was endorsed by Rana to become chair of Delaware. She lost by a few thousand votes as AG in, in Delaware. So Julianne Murray in Delaware tremendous uh steve has had her on his show he's she's incredible she's been on with us on podcasts she not only stuck it to hunter biden but she also eliminated no excuse expansion of early voting in delaware i mean if you want an election integrity expert somebody that's like fighting the actual fight that's done it in the blue state she's incredible uh and and if hunter i'm sorry hunter biden Joe Biden is on the ballot. Hunter Biden is on the ballot, by the way, this year. You want her to like go around. She could go around to all, all the states, raise all the money in the world and be a true voice for the grassroots. I think she's a genius pick as co-chair if you need a female co-chair. The second would be, of course, Harmeet Dillon. Harmeet was the only one that had the guts, the intestinal fortitude to run against Rana and bring up all incredible points. Harmeet would, Harmeet would be amazing. And, and she would actually force the lawfare issue, which we need, again, fighting for election integrity which is not happening to the level it should in the RNC. Okay, I just <laughs> love the audience. I want to try to clear up the confusion. Somebody was very angry. Chart, why do you guys keep on saying a woman needs to be chair? Can you just reiterate? Okay, so the rules of the RNC, the bylaws... That will not be changed. That have been there for over 100 years, probably since you know we gave women the right to vote, right? That, that was probably where this started, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Says that if you have a chair... That's a male. You have to have a female co-chair, which is like the vice chair and vice versa, right? So if you have a female chair, you have to have a male co-chair. This is not up to us. I think the rule should go. I think we should change the rules of the RNC totally convention agree. and like be like, this is like so outdated and so stupid. We should have the best two it's people. It's so dumb. It's like DEI, like people. But this is the re- these are the rules. See, so you can't change the rules unless you change the rules, which can only happen at, at the convention, convention which yeah. we might bring up in the future. But anyway, the point being is you, have, you, have, you got to play with those rules. And so so that's the reason why we have a male and female tandem, right? You have to always have that. So grassroots really fired up. We're getting hundreds of emails right now about a lot of the names you discussed. So what are, what are the marching orders here? If Ron is gone, somebody said, Charlie, I'm afraid that the fix is in, that this is just you know one hand washing the other. Is there... What What is your analysis here? How, how do we get a grassroots victory? We have dozens of fighters in the RNC right now that want to ensure that doesn't happen. And I didn't mention the third name, Casey Crosby, who's the current treasurer, who beat, uh, you know, the more you know, establishment pick. And I get along with Joe, so it's, I don't think that's, that's speaking against them. But she was the conservative pick. So you have three options in the RNC. You don't have to pick someone from in the, inside the RNC. It can be someone from outside the RNC. So this is another question. Can somebody from the outside the RNC come in? Could you have Lee Zeldin be the chair? Yeah, you could. You could have Lee Zeldin and Harmeet. You could have Lee Zeldin and Julianne Murray. 
You could have Lee Zeldin and Laura Trump. You could have, I mean, there's a lot of different options that you can have because the chair and co-chair don't have to be from the body. The problem is, and, and Harmeet said this last night on the space, Twitter space that we were on, was that you've got 168 people who think that they're like the most important political person on planet Earth. And they just like usually to pick from that body. That's the reason why most of the time. At the same time, they don't like it when attention is drawn to them. They like to be the it's most like, important person in the world. It's like the, the Roman world. Senate, but you can't, you don't, you it's can't like the know Roman, who I am. It's the Roman, it's it, like the Roman Senate, except they, the Roman Senate probably operated this way, to be honest with you. It's, it's like complete anonymity, but I have all the power. That's right. It's very strange. They, they don't want a, a public vote on anything. They like to, they like to be in, in charge and control, but they don't want to be held responsible for anything they just, they decide. For years, I've been talking about how our nation's public schools have been captured by progressive ideologues, especially true if you're a Christian family. For those of you uh, worried about the best educational path for your kids and grandkids, I want to tell you about how Turning Point Academy is working with the Herzog Foundation and how you at home can also benefit from it. They have an online publication called The Lion and also Making the Leap. The Herzog Foundation offers a wide range of advice and information for Christian parents to make the best education decisions for your kids. Go to HerzogFoundation.com. That is HerzogFoundation.com. So check it out right now, HerzogFoundation.com. Portions of The Charlie Kirk Show are brought to in part by the Stanley M. Herzog Foundation. That is HerzogFoundation.com. So the the grassroots are looking for marching orders what 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 is the it's two pronged we can't lose attention to state party chair races mm-hmm. and all that in the coming months right so you got number 1 we've got to get the most conservative person that you possibly can in representing your state in the RNC uh if you're not aware you need to get involved you're going to have conventions coming up votes coming up in the next 3 months you must get involved in order to do that particularly in these key target states. I think conservatives are going to get a lot of really good people elected this year, and that's good. The second thing, though, is like we can't let this battle – this battle now needs to be fought because next January, Trump's going to get elected, right? We're going to win. We're doing everything we possibly can to leave this out in the field. We're, we're doing this. And here in Arizona, we're doing the ballot chasing and yes, everything else. We're doing stuff. everything we possibly can. January, we'll have another election for RNC chair. And so if Trump gets elected, he's going to pick. But we've got to make sure that we line up really good options for him and don't set up a bad person just to continue running the RNC while Trump's in the presidency. Because that this is operationally how you have people internally working against your own president. This is operationally how you have people working against the grassroots who are trying to support the president. And sometimes it's indirect in that way. And that's been the that's been the observation and the concern that many people have had is you have all these consultants, you have all these different things going on in these different states, and we're not running as efficiently or as effectively effectively as we possibly could be. That's why people are upset and they're like, Scott Presser should be chair. You know, I don't know if Scott Presser wants to be chair, but what I do know is that whoever is the chair needs to subjugate themselves to say what Scott Presser is doing is really incredible, and we need a thousand more Scott Presslers, yes. and we need to invest into that. Hundred percent, and 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 that at minimum, that's what the RNC should be doing, right? Because the RNC shouldn't that's, be that's doing everything. That's basic stuff, though. That's yeah. basic stuff. Look, as far as the functional part of the RNC, you need to have a fundraising wing that can get, raise as much capital as possible, and then you need a grassroots division that listens to groups like us, yeah. embraces them, and puts forward a plan to win. Yeah, and and does the perfunctory stuff well, right? Like yes. debates should be done well. Uh, yeah, the convention should be done as cheaply and as well as possible. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we shouldn't blow $100 million in this convention. Rana should be holding our electeds accountable. That's the job. Go, go through this again. The, the RNC actually needs to hold elected officials accountable. And that's quite a concept. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody that's hung on on Rumble. If you want to follow more on our Swing State Update podcast yeah, that we're should. doing. Yeah, you should. Check it out. 
Download Swing State Update. Follow along with what's happening in the Swing States with us. Every uh, week. It's at, this, yeah. every, at, we're doing it's it. Two, we're going to be two deep. to three times a week with our full-time wow. staff. It's basically our staff meetings where we're talking about what's going on, and we're just putting it live That's so great. everybody can follow along. Uh, okay. Anyways, going back to this conversation. So, you know, the RNC's job really should be to hold, I mean, they're in, they're ne- right next door to Congress in DC to hold Congress accountable, not just become like basically the errand boy for Congress. And my biggest concern that I've witnessed is I've seen leadership just act like they're just like taking orders from Mitch McConnell. And, and that's a real problem, right? Because the RNC's job is to elect a president. If, if there's one s- solid central, central yes. job, it's like the RNC's job is to make sure that we nominate and we elect a president of the United States. All the other stuff is secondary. You have the NRSC for Senate. You have the NRCC for, the House. for House. You have the RGA for governors. And you have yeah. RGA for governors. The RNC's job is president. So when you have the RNC taking orders from the NRCC or the R- NRSC, right, on the Senate and the congressional side, then you become uh, a, an element, a cog in the wheel of Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell or whoever, right? And no matter how you feel about those gentlemen, right? But you essentially, what you do is you change your focus from president to now trying to win the House or trying to win the Senate back. That's their job. Yeah. Their job is to do that. And I, I think Mitch McConnell's done a terrible job at that, right? Like he could have, we could have won at least two or three more states last Easily. night. Adam Laxalt being one of them. Laxalt being one of them. Georgia Herschel being Walker. one of them. Herschel yeah. here in Arizona, we could have actually had some kind of resources d- dumped in. I think if we would have McSally resources, we would have won. But that is, that is the, the conversation. So it's really frustrating to watch RNC leadership just become like, again, subjugated to those people because that's how you lose everything. And so I think what the argument is, is like, hey, if we had an RNC that's more grassroots focused, where we're like not fighting ourselves 90% of the time, and we're actually standing up and trying to get the guy that is the clear nominee elected. Yes. And then we're holding those people accountable. So they're not screwing that, that process up, you know, in, in the Senate races, in the, in the House races, we're going to win a lot more. Yes. So you only do that if you get a good leader or a good set of leadership in chair and co-chair. You know, which has to be male or female, which we just covered 10 times. That's who you, that's who, that's who you have to focus on. And if you send dumb people who are just basically figments and elements of consultant class or chamber of consultant class yes. people, you're going to get bad people in those, in those roles and you're going to keep losing. Final, final thing here, Tyler, just you, you, you glazed over this. We're hiring up huge at Turning Point Action. We're not just talkers here. We haven't, we are going to have. An unprecedented staffing deployment. We've raised some capital for it, not as much as we should, but we're getting there. How many full time people does the RNC have in Arizona? One. How many will we have by April 15th? Well, we already have about two dozen, and we will have by April 1st uh, hundreds. Full time. So I don't want to put this out because every time that we say a number, the left clips it because they watch this every single day. Uh, they have full-time people. And they, they have full-time people that are watching this. Hey, guys. <laughs> but they know the left is freaking out. Because it's going to be a sizable staffing deployment. They know that we gonna, are going to have thousands of volunteers and, and, and possibly thousands of full-time people here. And so now they're really reconsidering the left. When I say they, the left is reconsidering what type of emphasis they're going to put in Arizona because they're not sure they can win Arizona now because that we're finally doing this stuff. Yeah. That, and you're going to tell, you're going to, we're tell over that, the target. Yeah. If, if they, if they go, if I was the Democrats, well, I shouldn't say it this way, but I, what I think the Democrats are going to do is they're going to go all in on protected Wisconsin. They have to, 
So Wisconsin is going to be, be a, a bloodbath. It's going to be a defensive play because they can lose Arizona and even lose Georgia and spend five hundred million in Wisconsin, and then they're, they're, then Joe Biden's president. Yeah, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is their I strategy. Think, I yeah. think they're going to try to rebuild the blue wall. Yeah, I That's, think I agree. I actually think that Michigan is so yeah. screwed up on their election code. So this this is what we're seeing on the ground, by the way. And this yeah, is, this is not just by the way. This is not just baseless speculation. This is actual data they're a disaster in arizona and part of the reason they're a disaster is because if rfk is on the ballot in arizona and georgia those numbers bode very poorly for the democrats mainly because center left voters that are under the age of 40 uh, and this is polling right have said they're really interested in voting for kirsten cinema and rfk jr and that doesn't help them because now no, they have I, to find different pockets yeah and this is the, again if 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 again the democrats will know by june their strategy because they're going to have to make final deployments. Probably earlier than that. But they, cinema is not their favorite. So they might just let her kind of go out. Gallegos is super radical. They would like to pick it up. But presidentially, Biden, if you're Biden, you run on the abortion play in the upper Midwest where it's proven to win when it's a single ballot referendum type totally. thing. They have relaxed voting laws. Arizona is prone for a center-right political correction right now. Do you agree? Yeah. It, 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 the prerequisites are set for Donald Trump to win this state. Same with Georgia. No, I'm just, I know both these states, by the way, we're out registering Republicans. Republicans are out registering Democrats in Arizona. Yeah. And Georgia. Oh, yeah. And the inward migration is actually helping. We're getting our ballot chasing act together. Trump has always done well in the state, better than, you know. So if you're the Democrats, you're thinking, well, how do you prevent Donald Trump from becoming president? You rebuild the blue wall. The, the money ball equation for Arizona right now, and this is as, someone that knows a thing or two about Arizona, the money ball equation for the Democrats in Arizona right now is looking very bad. Yes. And here's, here's the but biggest it's looking good for them in Wisconsin. It's it, 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 they have to win Wisconsin. So they don't have a choice, right? So no matter what they do, Wisconsin is a must for them. And, and it's a historical must, right? They've, they've proven yes. this and they have more established. So they have 50 groups in Wisconsin that are already on the ground there. Yes. Arizona, they don't have that. No. Georgia, they don't have that. And, Mar- and now that Mark Kelly's gone, they don't have this. Mark Kelly's not on the ballot. Gone, that's evaporated, right? He had a thousand full-time people. They're not around right now. They're trying to get an abortion thing on the ballot. But if that fails and that doesn't get on the ballot, then they're really toast here. And again, the, the, the attitude of Arizona is far more center-right than Wisconsin. Totally. It's not even close. Yeah, we're an independent, Arizona, very Arizona has been a goofy political state the last couple of cycles for multiple reasons. Well, it's just like when you have a smaller population, and when I say smaller, Arizona's big. It's but, growing like But it's, it's smaller than Pennsylvania, right? It's just easier to take advantage of. And that's the that's, same. That's smart. That's so right. Maricopa County and, and, and Fulton County are both similar in the way that they're still easy to take advantage of. But not if Republicans wake up. And but, that all of a sudden, if you get your act together, a little bit of organization has an exponential impact in states where you've been taken advantage and, of. And their whole money ball equation, it doesn't take into consideration us doing anything, right? So our side doing things on top of already their bad equation becomes a situation where it's like it doesn't, yeah. make, a re- it doesn't make reasonable sense to du- dump $100 million on Arizona. I will close with this. Last thing. The RNC, you guys deserve credit for one thing, and I say this non-sarcastically. Having the convention in Milwaukee is a smart thing. Yeah. It was a smart thing. Yeah. That's because I think it's all going to come down. No-brainer. I, I think the whole civilization is going to come down to Wisconsin. Tyler, great work. we got to go. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.